It's the year 2012, just a few years after the biggest financial crisis since the Great Depression. A man named Jamie Rogozinski, who had been an active trader for years, started a subreddit called Wall Street Bets, where he and others would discuss their high-risk, speculative trades, trades that he was told repeatedly were, quote, akin to gambling. This subreddit remained small for years, until in 2020 when the community grew to over 1 million subscribers. People flocked to hear what new speculative investments were gaining popularity during the pandemic to try and make a quick profit. For nearly a decade, Wall Street Bets was nothing more than a gambling forum, where new and experienced traders would go for the chance to make a quick buck and leave. That is, until January 2021, when everything changed forever. January 25th, 2021, GameStop stock closes at $79.43, up 22% on the day. January 26th, a tweet from the richest man on earth, Elon Musk, read only one word, GameStonk, and sent the price on an even stronger surge. GameStop closes at a record $216.88, up 182% on the day. January 27th, GameStop closes at a new record $347.51, up 135% on the day. January 28th, GameStop closes at yet another record $450, up 30% on the day. In a matter of four days, a company on the verge of bankruptcy was trading 467% higher, almost as much as Amazon had returned over the past five years. On January 27th, another company on the verge of bankruptcy, AMC, made a splash in the market of over 300% in two days. Then all of a sudden, one after another, penny stocks, speculative investments, companies with negative earnings, companies drowning in debt, and most importantly, all of the most popular companies shorted by hedge funds, including Naked Brand, Nokia, Blackberry, among others, were all seen up 20, 50, 100% in just a couple days. Chaos torched through Wall Street as hundreds of hedge funds we're losing billions on their short positions. In the midst of all the chaos on Wall Street, the original meme investment Dogecoin, popularized from a famous meme in 2010, began seeing astronomical returns as Redditors began pumping up its popularity and even got support from Elon Musk who tweeted about the cryptocurrency. All of a sudden, in a matter of days, millions of average people with a few thousand dollars to their name began to realize the extent of their power as numbers grew by the millions each day in an all-out attack against the wealthiest hedge funds in the world. Short squeeze, hold the line, to the moon, hedge funds, tendies, Wall Street bets, stonks, Elon Musk, Dogecoin, Robinhood, SEC, what on earth is happening? Well, in short, no pun intended, a few average guys did what no one thought to do for years. And they did what hedge funds never thought anyone would dare do. And they for sure never thought there would be enough support to take down their fortresses of wealth. What did all these average guys do? They bought and they held. Long story short, Wall Street Bets got enough support from people to buy a bunch of stocks that have been heavily shorted by hedge funds for years, forcing the hedge funds to either hold and risk massive losses or cut their losses by buying back. You've probably been hearing about shorting and short squeeze during this crazy week and might have no idea what it means. Basically, shorting a stock means borrowing shares and selling them at a high price in hopes that the stock will fall in value and you can buy those shares back at a lower price and you profit from the loss in value. In other words, 
Shorting a stock is betting against it. As Redditors and other retail investors begin to buy shares in these companies, demand spikes and the price rises. The more the price rises, the more that people who are shorting the stock buy their shares back to cut their losses, which spikes the price even more. This cycle continues until either the hedge funds give in and buy their shares back at a loss, or the investors sell their shares and take the profit. The key element of a short squeeze is that when you short a stock, your losses can be unlimited since the price of a stock can rise infinitely. When you buy and hold a stock as an investor, your losses are limited by whatever your initial investment was. For days, there was this standoff, a staring contest if you will, between wealthy hedge funds and millions of average investors. The first one to give in loses. Either the hedge funds buy back their shares or investors sell their positions. It really is that simple. Now these Redditors noticed something about a few stocks, the most important being GameStop. GameStop has had a high percentage of short interest for years and reached 120% of float in January 2021. Now many people, especially beginner investors, do not realize how incredibly crucial this percentage is for the game they've been trying to play. Essentially, the short interest percentage is the percent of shares that are being shorted for a given stock compared to the total shares outstanding. If a company has 1 million shares outstanding and 10,000 of those shares are being shorted, the company's short interest is 1%. GameStop had a short interest percentage of 120% in January, which means for every 10 shares outstanding, there were 12 shares being shorted. Remember that shorting a stock means borrowing shares and selling them in hopes that you can buy back those shares at a later date at a lower price. So, therefore, theoretically, if every single shareholder in GameStop were to hold their shares and never sell, the price of GameStop would rise infinitely as hedge funds would be forced to offer higher and higher bids for the shares that we, the investors, own before we would agree to sell to them. Now, of course, the hedge funds knew all this information as well. So to cover themselves, they launched their own attack in a different kind of way. At one point, Robinhood restricted its own investors from buying shares on its app of these heavily shorted stocks for an entire day. The next day, Robinhood limited the number of shares investors could buy and restricted purchases of partial shares. By making it harder for retail investors to buy shares in these companies, since most of these investors were using Robinhood, demand began to artificially drop and the stock prices all began to fall. Now what did these investors do? Most of them held. They knew that this was the big institutions pressuring Robinhood to drive down demand to protect themselves. Robinhood needed to cover itself, so it imposed these restrictions. This was then followed quickly by a class action lawsuit against the company. For days following, there was an all-out chaos on social media and in the markets as people began screaming, hold the line and boycott Robinhood, as the media and brokerages did all they could to pressure these investors to sell their positions. Talks of silver spiking tried to tempt investors away from GameStop. Threats from the SEC investigating Wall Street bets for market manipulation. Conspiracies of a short ladder attack from hedge funds, which simply explained is artificial manipulation by short sellers to drive prices down. All of this to simply try and get these investors to sell their positions. Sadly, soon enough, these retail investors could not hold any longer and were forced to either see their investments go to zero or lock in their massive losses as the price of GameStop, AMC, Nokia, and other shorted stocks fell straight to the ground. 
Now, some claimed they were riding this thing to the bottom, claiming that if they sell, then the hedge funds win. Well, unfortunately, the hedge funds were always destined to win. This game that's been played by these Redditors and average investors against Wall Street could have only ever led them to this point. Yes, many hedge funds did in fact lose billions, but in the end, as always, the little guy got burned and got burned bad. You're listening to Two Guys in a Penguin. What is up, everybody? It is Two Guys and a Penguin back with another episode. I am one of your co-hosts, Joe Novitsky. And I'm Logan Little, your other co-host. And uh, yeah, we um, we have just gotten through one of the wildest weeks in uh, Wall Street history and stock market history. And we just thought it was appropriate to put out this episode, uh, sort of recapping everything that went on. Um, and sort of just giving you know our own takes on the situation, giving and, our thoughts because we're qualified. Right, we are qualified because you know we are as we have heavy positions and in, expert investors in multiple levels of the market. Right, so, I own real estate. You know, yeah. I, I trade options, futures. You know, all that. Millions stuff. on the line here. So. Yeah, so so we figured we're qualified to talk about this. But uh, anyways, um, you know. You, you just heard the, you know, sort of monologue uh, summarizing, you know, everything that happened uh, during this week. You probably have a lot of questions. You, maybe you know what's going on, but um, ultimately it was a wild week. And uh, we just want to go through, you know, some takeaways you, you got from, you know, everything that went on. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, you guys heard Joe's monologue. I, I mean, he did a, a really good job kind of describing and defining what happened. Um, I think just kind of breaking it down a little bit further into like what we really saw is like these guys, like, so some people who are like actually smart saw this opportunity to like make some money off like these big hedge funds, short positions, and they gathered enough people to do it with them. Hmm. And then everyone like went like in this frenzy. Cause like everyone's trying to get in on the Everyone's action. trying to get in on it. But then there's like a limit of like how far it's going to go. And right. then a bunch of people are going to get screwed if they don't get out fast enough. Right. I mean, it, it's clearly it was obviously a, a, an artificial, non-fundamental spike in price, which is obvious. But, um, you know, at the end, with with any bubble, I mean, it's going to pop at some point. And the, the little guys who get out or who get in at the end are going to be get burned, right. going to get burned more than the, the big guys that they were trying to attack. So, um yeah, it was definitely I mean, a big takeaway. When you got a thousand bucks and the other dude's got a billion dollars, he doesn't really care about his losses nearly as much. As no, hedge funds are going to be fine. They're going to get you know bailed out. They're going to get saved. But <clears throat> ultimately, you know, I think one thing this week told us about investing and the stock market is anything other than you know examining a company's actual fundamental value. You know, determining all right what it's what it's worth now, what it's going to be worth, and buying and holding that position for the long term anything other than that is simply just gambling and i think most people knew that going into this but a lot of people thought they could probably you know get out with a profit but yeah i mean it, it is gambling it's just like 
It's I'm going to gamble yeah. that this, like, enough people are going to buy this and drive it up, and then I'm going to sell out on top. But what was really baffling, which was really funny, because, I mean, you were, like, commenting on these meme pages and right. stuff about hold the line and stuff. <laughs> but people were, like, serious, like, I don't care if I lose all my money. Right. I'm going to, like, make these people, like, I'm going to make the hedge funds bleed, which is just crazy to me. I don't even understand uh, See, I, I get it, and I, I, like, I like where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, like, you losing all your money is only going to hurt you and your family. It's not going to it's not going to hurt the hedge funds. They're going right. to be fine in the end. And they did in fact lose billions, but I mean, at the end of the day, they'll they'll be fine. And uh, if you invested, you know, everything you had, you're not going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. So you're the that's one that's going to lose in the true, end. That's true. Uh, another takeaway is, you know, you can always find ways to win in the stock market in the short run. But at the end of the day, the big guys are always going to win in the long run. And you're, if you play the short game, you're also going to lose. You're going to lose in the long run. Yeah. So uh, playing the long game is always the way to yeah. go. With I mean, that's stuff. like, you know, people are like, they get a, like a paycheck or whatever. And they like, hey, can I, I want to double this overnight. Like I want to get rich quick. Right. And that's like just, a, I mean. I get that. I mean, I, I mean that's I why we that. got in. I get the draw of it, but it's stupid. Like it's not how, like life actually works i mean for sometimes occasionally but most of the time you just get you get burned on the back side of it right and the most important thing to remember is you know if you're gonna if you're gonna hop in on a trend like this and you know try to get rich quick you have to understand what not what you think you're willing to lose but what you truly think you are willing to lose because right. you're gonna get to the point where you're gonna be down like 50 percent you can be like all right, i have to put it more in to try to get my losses back and you might get some of that back but most likely you're going to lose even more than you thought you would in the beginning so you got to understand your risk tolerance in terms of you know what you're willing to gamble away because you have a greater chance of losing than you do winning in this situation yeah it's like poker it's like it's literally poker it's just poker you i gotta mean the run fallacy the is like the more you play it's like the, you know eventually you're going to win which isn't true like you could theoretically never win <clears throat> right if you think of the hedge funds as the house the house always wins yeah in the end and that's yeah. just true the same with this so and honestly no one really knows when to sell um i think the most important thing if you're gonna if you're gonna hop in on, on a trend like this on a bubble trying to catch the wave uh you have to decide what you're willing to lose and what amount you'd be satisfied with winning and walking away with so capping your losses is just as important as capping your winnings. Yeah. If you're sure. staying for too long, I mean, you're going to lose more than you even thought you'd lose. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing I noticed, because uh, obviously we we bought and held some like AMC, some yeah. uh, all these others, trying to trying to make it, and uh, I noticed the. I, I think we both sold our positions. At the, we both sold yesterday. I think. I I remember just I woke up. And it was like the third day in a row where I woke up and, you know, checked how the stocks were doing and they were down another 50%. And every morning I just woke up feeling just like anxious. And when you get to that point, you know, you just need to cut your losses and just sell. Yeah. It's just not worth the, the stress dealing with that because you're not going to come out with enough gains to make it worth it. Yeah. And I mean, like, even like on a more like fundamental level, like money is a tool, you know, like, or from our perspective as Christians, like, Mm -hmm. I won't get super deep into it, but money's a tool, right? I mean, it's like used to, to live and like to give away and to help other people and all these things. But, you know, if we're so consumed by like trying to make profits that we're like, you know, stressed and like worried and like 
It's all I could think about gambling this whole time. And gambling and stuff. It's like, what are we even doing? Because it's like, yeah. that's very, you know, it's all about material and money. And, you know, the Bible warns a lot about the love of money and all those right. things. So that's ultimately careful. what you're what you're doing. Right. So you, you definitely got to guard yourself there. Yeah, no, I definitely, <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I purchased the shares, I think, on Thursday or Friday. That's pretty much all I could think about up until like yesterday. And now that I'm out of the market, even though I lost, you know, some money, I, I feel better because, you know, yeah. I'm not thinking about this. It's over. And the funny the funny thing about all this and probably the my biggest takeaway um, is that before, like as this was all beginning, you know, we were kind of talking about how how's this going to end and we both pretty much agreed yeah the little guy is going to get burned in the end the people who get in late are going to get burned and i pretty much ignored my (laughs) own advice and i got in too late and i got burned in the end but um yeah always trust your own advice because once you start deviating from that you can get dangerous you could lose a lot of money i mean the people who really made a lot of money during this whole thing were people who were in it before anyone else even knew what was happening see that's the thing about the market rewards people who know what's who know not know but the market rewards people who predict price changes before they ever happen. Yeah. And it punishes people who try to get get in on things as they're happening. Right. So that's why, you know, the, those big guys on Reddit, like the deep effing value uh, guy came away with like $20 million. Cause right. you know, he was one of the first ones to get in on it. If he ever sold, did he sell? I think he sold. I think the, there was another guy who didn't sell oh, okay. and he's been holding it and he's, Right now he's at like a negative twenty million dollar loss, <laughs> which he missed out on. But um, and I mentioned that in the uh, the beginning intro, you know, all this started, it, all this really started in twenty twelve when the subreddit came out, and this guy, you know, started, you know, talking with other people about speculative investments, you know, ways to get rich quick, kind of. He knew he was gambling, but like, it's what he did, and he made money doing it. But it really blew up in like twenty twenty, and if you got in around then, then you came out fine. But if you got in at the peak of this, then you, you got, got in on like Thursday because you saw some posts on Facebook that said, hey, go buy AMC. Go buy AMC just like we did. <laughs> or go buy GameStop. Like, yeah, you missed it. The yeah. worst part was I got burned mostly on Dogecoin. <laughs> Dogecoin. <laughs> See, I, um, I got in at a good time. I got in about 50 cents and it hit about 78 cents. And I was up like I was up like 20 bucks. And I was like, people are really talking about this. So like, it's just getting started. And at the time, I didn't realize that a Dogecoin had a um, unlimited value potential compared to Bitcoin, which had a limited market cap. So in reality, Dogecoin is, Bitcoin's already pretty much worthless in terms of its intrinsic value, but Dogecoin is even more worthless. Yeah, than it's that. just imaginary. And I definitely should have done my research because I did not know that at the time. But we'll have to do another episode breaking down uh, cryptocurrency crypto, as well as we can, right. because also we had our own uh, moment our freshman year in college where, where I we have a digital proof that we called that <laughs> was a bubble. We did. Which right before it turned popped. true, uh, although everyone knew it. Most people knew it, but <laughs> we didn't know everyone didn't knew it. it but so. then in the long term, you know, it's gained like $20,000 since then. Yeah, so really, I mean, it's not a bubble. Well, it might be, but it's not. It wasn't like right. what we thought. I had like 50 bucks in at 19000 and then it crashed, and I, I lost most of that. But if I had held till now, I'd be like 
I don't know, a hundred bucks. <laughs> but to me, that's a lot. <laughs> like a billionaire. Right. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, so real quick, um, I know we, uh, we did a little different format. We're just going to advertise Anchor real quick, uh, 30 seconds, and then we'll be back with the next segment. Okay, so uh, now we're just going to talk about, um, you know, sort of our experiences and our, you know, our college experience, what we've learned about, you know, investing and, you know, financial management from the perspective of, you know, college students who don't have a lot of money to work with, probably have no idea how the market works or how to invest and sort of just, you know, give our take on what we've learned uh, over the years. So I'm curious, uh, anything specific that you've learned in your your college time about, you know, the market investing? I think for me, the biggest thing is like coming into college, I didn't really even understand like what the stock market was. You know, I thought it was like, I really just was scared of it. Mm-hmm. And then talking to you, you know, I kind of like got a better understanding of, of the stock market and like why, I mean, like it, it has inherent risk in it, but if you're right. in like, if you do your research and you're in like solid positions, like, especially like even like just like the S and P 500, like if the 500 largest companies in America crash, money you is like a lot more. To yeah. yeah. So I mean like investing about. into something like that is like, relatively safe i mean it's it's actually almost very safe safe, and it's also it's gonna you know it the interest over time is like quadruple what you would get or even more than that what you get in a savings account right so it's it's frightening to get started but i think once you really understand it it's like it's kind of like oh i should definitely right into this one of the more important things i've learned about investing i started about 2017 um, most important thing I learned during my time was to remove the emotional aspect of investing. And that's what most, um, you know, investors, advisors will tell you is take the emotions out of it. If you, if you're constantly, you know, observing the, the down days and the up days and thinking, oh, you're up 1% today, you know, you're doing well. And then down 2% the next day, like you sell everything, like then you're doing it all wrong because, you know, time in the market beats um, what, what's that? I forget what that phrase is. It's um, essentially, you know, the earlier the earlier you start is better than the more you put in, if that makes any sense. And I'll sort of, you know, explain some scenarios later on you know, what I mean by that. But um, I feel like from my perspective in college, you know, not having much cash to play with, um, you know, having to live pretty much month by month, you know, low expenses. Most important strategy um, for people with little money saved up is dollar cost averaging. Now, basically what this is, is um, instead of investing, you know, $2,000 right away and you you might not have $2,000 to invest because, you know, you have bills and college tuition, all these other things. What you should do instead is take uh, about like five to 15 percent of your monthly income and put it into an investment account no matter what. So whatever your income for that month is, put like five, 10, 15% in and invest in a safe, but, you know, solid position every month, no matter how it's doing, no matter how good or how poor that position is doing. And that sort of worked for me, I think, over the years, especially, you know, with my Roth IRA, you know, you want limited risk, but you want to keep investing over time. The more you invest, 
the sooner you invest, the greater your returns will be. So. Right. Trying to put like, a, you know, anytime, you know, I have income, I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put some away into investing, right. uh, into saving. Um, I really saving for the future and yeah. cause you never know what's going to, what's going to pop up. And yeah. obviously you want to be financially able to do whatever your goals are. Yeah. I mean, you really can't, make these big purchases by simply just putting money away and saving over time. I mean, you should definitely have an emergency fund with, you know, cash, liquid cash. But ultimately, I mean, a lot of people I talk to say like, oh, I don't really care about retirement because I'm, you know, I'm going to work when I retire because, you know, I, I like to work and stuff. Well, that's true. But life gets more expensive the older you get, especially when you're really old. And if you don't have some kind of investments, you know, that have been growing over time, you're probably going to get burned when you're older and uh, you don't want to be in that position. So the sooner you start, the better you are. Um, and a lot of people I talk to, you know, a lot of people, you know, we talk to in um, college, like our friends who have no idea, like they, they, I know some people that didn't even know what the S and P 500 was or the Dow was. And these people, like those are the people that are going to not invest because they're too scared. Like, I mean, like you probably were at the very beginning, right? But, it really is as simple as um, finding, you know, an ETF, which is basically like an index fund um, and find one that correlates to either the S&P 500, the Dow or the NASDAQ. And there's a few out there, you know, SPY, DIA or QQQ. Uh, look those up and just keep putting that 5 to 15 percent of your income every month into those ETFs every month, no matter how bad or how good it's doing. And um, evaluate your risk tolerance and do your research and you'll determine which investment fits your strategy. And over time, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to beat the returns of the S&P 500 for the last like 50 years. Like even hedge funds and other wealth managers can't really do it. So that's the main advantage of investing in um, these indices. And like you said, like if S&P 500 crashes, I mean, you got more you got more to worry about than your money saved up because yeah. U.S. economy is probably collapsing. Yeah, the, the U.S. dollar is like nothing. So there's really, I mean, yes, there's risk, but the risk is, you know, the market collapses. There's more to worry about than just your investment. Yeah, the money in in your bank account that's FDIC insured is is gone too, as much right. as the money in I say in a yeah. So you're kind of screwed either way. Yeah. Um. Another thing to remember is it really isn't that complicated, you know, investing. A lot of people think it is. It's really as simple as, you know, finding a brokerage, putting money in, and then finding a stable fund to invest in every month. And if you so something for encouragement for people who are like, oh, well, that's that's not really going to do much in the end, you know, ten dollars a month for, you know, 30 years. What's that going to net? If you put ten dollars every month into the S&P at 30 after 30 years at an average rate of 10% you would have $22,600 in contrast if you begin the same process starting 10 years from now you would only net 7600 after that amount of time so that 10 years generates like triple the amount of money you would have yeah so it's more so it's not really how small your investment starts what matters is how soon you're how soon you start investing. So I just think like, you know, kind of what you're talking about is like it's not that complicated. I think there's like a lot of like technical jargon 
like that gets thrown around like in any profession there's like stuff that like but once you actually just explain it it's like oh that's not that complicated it's just like this buzzword that makes no sense to normal people so i think from my perspective is like i pretty much just look those up (laughs) anytime i'm like what does this mean i just look it up or like ask you or like i mean most of the stuff really isn't that complicated like i mean when you get into like more like speculative like call options derivatives and so like but like honestly i mean from my perspective, I wouldn't advocate anybody does that. That's essentially unless gambling. you're like trained, and right. like even then, like I don't think you should. It, there's but. no reason to go that route unless, like, obviously, you know, you've done your research and you're educated, um, and that can be a great way to make money. But you got to know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, like Wall Street and like the terms, the jargon, all that, it's really just the simplest concepts ever that they just make more complicated than they really are. Yeah. And I don't know if that's their goal or not, but um, that keeps a lot of people away from investing. But it's really not that complicated. That's an important thing to remember. Yep. Uh, just a big shout out to The Big Short, one of the best movies of all time that right. breaks down uh, the shorting of the housing market in 2008. And, of course, now that we were investors into the short squeeze in right, 2021, uh, we'll be uh, lead cast members of uh, the upcoming film. Right, Christian Nolan uh, actually – Hold the line. Right, hold the line. That's what it's going to be called. Um, I actually got a call uh, asking if I want to be uh, have a starting role in the movie. I said, no, I can't do it. You know, I got school. Too busy. So I'm too busy, uh, you know, investing. So. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that movie. Uh, it's coming soon, guarantee. But, um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, key things to take away is, it, you know, if you're new to investing, if you haven't invested, if you have no idea what's going on, the important things to remember is just keep it simple. Understand your goals. Understand your risk tolerance. Choose reliable investments. And don't stop investing. That's pretty much our uh, – our, takes on investing from Kyle's perspective. Uh, that was our take on the craziest week in probably Wall Street history. I mean, it's up there for sure. But uh, yeah, anything else uh, you want to add before we close out here? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, if you make any money using the uh, methods that we say that we use, you know, you have to give us 50%. Right. Those, those are the rules. Those are the rules. Yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, good luck. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't get burned. Um, or if you do get burned, you know, hold the line always. If you get burned, DM us. Let us know. Want to see those? Uh, Want to see those losses? Uh, but yeah. Anyways, um, that'll do it for this special episode on the craziest week in Wall Street. Um, so until next time, <laughs> uh, penguins can't fly, and, and neither can we. Can we.